Why he fighting fighting this? Why what 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 what, what is his goal? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yo, welcome back to the immigrant section. It's your boy Abbas Wahab telling y'all how to. What the fuck is happening? As always, first things first, smash subscribe so you know when these episodes drop. And if you're listening on Apple and all the pod, uh, podcast platforms, do the same. Click follow, all that, so you know when these drop. I missed a week. It's okay. My apologies. Uh, personal things came up. I got a new hat. I went camping. A lot of things happened. We're going to get to it. Enough of all that. With me today in the studio. The motherfucking Anto Chan. What are you saying, hey, dog? Hey, what's up, man? Oh, yo, I gotta yo, take yo. this off. Bro. Yeah. I was sweating like a pig. Yo, that's that's quick. That was like yeah. three seconds. You can yeah, handle yeah, that. Yeah, it's a novelty. When you were at camping, did it feel like you were needing to keep it on longer to be like, I'm proving that I can hold this hat's like strength, bro? You know? That's like, the worst part. I bought it from the gift shop on the way leaving. Oh the shit! <laughs> so I never even feel like I. That's why I'm trying to fit oh, it in okay, this episode. Okay, yes, yes. And you didn't even get to enjoy the sun on it. Never to find out never. Like, if it helps or not. Yeah. Now I'm wondering, can I rock this hat in regular life? Do you mm-hmm. think, like, honestly, can you rock me, it? Me, me, me. You could literally rock whatever you want. I feel like you got the swag for it. And if anybody Yo. questions you, you're just like, let's do it. That's like, why this man is on this <laughs> podcast, man. All positivity right here, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. What the hell's going on, bro? It's so, not that much, man. Little bit, bro, I've been running into you at shows, like, here and there for, like, two or three years in the mm-hmm. city. You yeah, know? You yeah. do your spot, I do my spot, and we go separate ways. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I've never fully like seen your background. I saw you did like the rice uh, showcase. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, man, what's the? I had to have you on, bro. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been really good the last like I'd say like six to eight months. Like just being able to have time to reflect on shit and not feel like overwhelmed with needing to go hustle and like do comedy every night and things like that. Like everything's changed, you know, in, in such a good way for me. Yeah. I, I'm a very extroverted person usually, so I, like, need the approval of others in that way. And then now I'm like, oh, I need to, like, actually figure out what the fuck I actually want, you know? And that changes everything, like, to actually have the time to reflect on that stuff, you know? That's so, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more that things have changed because mm. this weekend is an example. I, uh, I had possible shows I could have done, and I booked a camping trip a while back and I was like and part of me was like okay there's gonna be no reception I'm not gonna be able to can do anything for like I'm not gonna be able to make any content I'm not gonna blah 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 and then I was like can I do man do I really want to do this and then inside of me the fact that there was so much resistance about the idea of doing this I was mm-hmm. like oh I have to do this yeah clearly I am so scared yes. and feel so incapable of <laughs> yeah. doing this I must do it and it, I wouldn't have done this before COVID yeah. to be like Fuck the shows. I'm going to go hang out. Yeah. And it was the best decision, hands mm-hmm. down. Even if you had it booked, you probably would have canceled it. To, yeah, that's like... Exactly. That's so interesting because it's us putting uh, shows... especially Ahead of anything. Ahead of anything. I think that that's very bad for mental health. And even for a sense of self, like you're like, what the fuck am I... This is more important than even me feeling healthy and me building good relationships with people. Like that to me is... Um, that's one of the things that I find in, in stand-up though. I... I um, started learning more about myself in terms of like how I needed to have breaks from it or I need to take steps back because I'm not here to do stand up for 
a career for a short period because some people have careers and then they retire. I don't ever think that I'm going to retire from exactly. performing ever. Exactly. Exactly. So why do I want to burn myself out ever? Right. That's like beautiful. And I'll always come back to stand up or you know I do other types of performance as well too and like being able to have outlets in multiple avenues helps me in terms of like making sure that it pairs really well with like my mental health and like my surround like people that I'm surrounding myself with you know so that's been a huge like so important because if people around me are just like constantly telling you you know don't believe in this or that kind of shit like um this one quote that I saw that was like epic was um don't take advice from people who have given up on their dreams already yes right and it's like yo these people have given up on all the shit that they dreamed of as kids and all that stuff and then they're just following the nine to five why am i taking advice from them sure they might be able to make money in this boxed in concept of what their life is supposed to be but i'm not going for that nine to five um have you know kids at this time or and i don't have that same mindset of what i want in my life so i need to be around people who have done what it is that i'm wanting and are wanting to do the things that i want to do so that's yeah. kind of my mindset in terms of um people just they just there's think this, they, there's they this know. saying too it's like show me the people around you and i'll show you kind of like your future so to speak mm. Like yes. your five best friends, essentially, not even necessarily five, the five people around you, the most dictate yeah. your trajectory, so to speak. Damn. So that goes hand in hand. And you're right, man. If people who have given up, it's like, why are you telling me anything? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, why I'll, are you? I'll, listen, uh, the thing is, that's if one thing I've, lear- I've learned is I'll take any like thing that people say to me. I don't want to be afraid. Of, I used to be afraid because if someone would tell you the nine to five thing, I'm like, oh shit, I kind of want that too. And then I kind of, you know, like, and then I have these questionings of myself, but now I've had so much time on my own to get so secure with what it is that I do want and what it is that I'm I'm seeking that it's like, I'll take in whatever you're saying, but I'm probably not going to take the advice that you're giving. I'm listening to you because I acknowledge your, you should have your, your input. own opinion. Yeah. yeah, sure. Your input, you care about me. I'm going to just take the care part. And all of those words that you said on top of that, it's not, it's not going to help me, honestly, yeah. you know? Yeah, like, I mean, you can't go around dismissing people because they mm-hmm. haven't achieved what you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Er, yearn for to sure, achieve. For sure, yeah. But good advice comes out of every little nook and cranny because, mm-hmm. like, when it comes to performances and kind of like this, like we were saying, the trajectory of, like, a, uh, an artistic entertainment-based lifestyle, maybe they can't give us, but what if they give us advice on how to get the best mortgage mm-hmm. or, like, or sure. this? There's, yeah. There's... If you look at the human lives, like outside of the career of how we make money, it's like 85% of our lives are pretty much the same. You know mm. what I mean? So if it's kind of advice based on that, like 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 I'm in the same boat where it's like I'm always we- willing to hear advice. I won't necessarily apply or exercise yeah, what you tell me, yeah. but it's just data, right? Mm-hmm. Humans, were just like robots. I heard, I read the best thing. It's like hum- we, humans are robots customized to our experience. Oh, damn. Right? Yeah. We're just robots, organic robots that come out. We're all the same. And then we're just customized to our experience, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I'll take the data of how your shit went down yeah, yeah. and your shit and your shit. And I may do it totally different. Mm-hmm. But at least now I know how those things turned out. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Also, though, I would like to put in the idea that our emotions are incredibly they help us with the experiences as well too because we might not have certain experiences again because of the trauma or the shit that we experience even as kids, right? So if someone's like afraid of heights and stuff like that because, you know, they saw someone have an accident or something like that and then they never want to do anything in the height, it's like their experiences are going to be catered around like the emotion that they get or the triggering of what that is. And that is paired with the experience. But I think that 
us also like reacting or or feeling certain things also has that. So I think that there's yeah. a lot of. Like, I, I can tell you have a lot of emotional intelligence. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, you well, read that book. Bro. Oh yeah, you read yeah, that yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I, I love emotional intelligence, man. That's one of my favorite. Like I love having like you know this type of philosophical, emotional, like human talks, and like I love being able to dissect this stuff and and learn about it because it empowers me to be able to not. I I used to be very like fearful child i would say like well, i would get just real quick what's your background um i'm chinese yeah hong kong chinese so my family um born, born here born there. i was born here yeah i was born in montreal and okay then, and then um my parents were born in hong kong both of them they moved here so did yeah. you spend any time like back and forth or was it just like a canada upbringing it was a canada upbringing and then when i was uh it was 2004 to 2000 uh, 2014 to 2015 i moved to hong kong for a year i did comedy there people were like Dude, people were fucking so dope to me. Like, I was, like, right away, I was immediately working with, like, head like headliners that were touring headliners and things like that. Like and As like, the MC and, like, stuff like MCing that? MCing yeah, and yeah, opening yeah. for them and things like that. But because uh, um in in Hong Kong, there was – they when I first started comedy, that was the first year that they had the Hong Kong Comedy Festival. So that's Damn. when – So that's when uh, comedy just started, right? So I already had, like, so many years – ahead of many of the uh, comics that were working because there was only so much work that you can have in comedy there that a lot of people dropped off, right? So um, yeah, the scene welcomed me so well, like, uh, but they also had people that a lot of people were working like really serious jobs and I saved up money. So I was, um, and I was really lucky because my aunt let me stay in her place. So I was living there like, Pretty and it would have been like unaffordable had that. It's not crazy, been the case. absolutely. Like yeah, Hong right. Kong is like one of the most expensive places. Like uh, this, like where we are right now. Like yeah. this is the size of like some of the rooms that you would get like there, and you'd paying like two thousand. You know, like Canadian. Oh, okay. So like, it's like just wild. ridiculous. Like San just Francisco. Does, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Uh, the ex- uh, how expensive it was, but yeah. And then being able to be in the comedy scene there, being welcomed in that way. Like the first month that I was there, I did the Hong Kong Comedy Festival. I um I did the like the the competition I there was like a finals and then I made it to the finals I was like so happy and then got to perform for like seven hundred people and that was the first month I was there you know Holy shit, and I was dude. like damn this is amazing you're like I'm a and god that, out yeah, here, yeah but what's crazy is a lot of people have like pretty serious jobs there and like fan, finance or teaching and that kind of stuff so they would have like there was this one time that there was like a booking for a um, comedy show that was fa- um, family comedy and like I work with kids right so I know how to like turn on like whatever level of like in terms of g-rated pg whatever you tell me i can can work i can work inside the box that you give me and i'll still have a lot of fun because i just i've been doing that for a long time so this was like a family show for like uh indian um badminton club or something like that it was in hong kong in hong kong yeah so they were like we don't like we don't know if anybody wants this gig, but like, if you go, this is the pay for it. It was like great pay. <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah. like, and nobody else showed up. Yeah. So I did an hour and a bit show just myself. So I did like half of it for the kids and yeah. then the other half I did it for the adults, right? And it was like this super weird show and I I'm ne- I feel like I'm never going to experience anything like that, but it was it felt like I was in the wild west, man. It was like the the Comedy HK which was the company that was there. It's like they put the cash like on the table and it's like whoever wants it, you guys could split the bounty of whoever And they were like, the- oh. nobody else did the show and I was the only one who showed up, right? And that that kind of shows like That's my awesome. mindset of like what type of Well, you like, weren't afraid. Absolutely not. Yeah. This was like yeah. a beaten path. You knew this path. This was your path. Yeah. And everyone I, else was like, oh, yeah, okay, the, yeah. And just the idea of um, the idea that no, like nobody responded or, or was even like, and I saw people read the message and things and it was like, they weren't 
interested in it. I was like this, like you said, with the with the camping and like needing to. It, it's just the risk of it was just so intense. But I knew I would be sick. Like worst comes to worst, it wasn't even you that bond, bad. Yeah, yeah, you do bad. Like, yeah. Same thing. Same with you going to the car. It's like yeah. worst comes to worst, you have to act white for like three yeah. days, right? It's like, it that sucks. <laughs> and then you move <laughs> whatever, on. right? Yeah. But it's like the risk or the intensity of it, and then it's also like living your life in that way of like mm. the thing that scares you, like confronting that and then looking at it and being like what things came up that like overwhelmed me and what things like you know that i could process in that way and that's connect pairs really well with like my love of you know talking about emotional intelligence is because me putting myself in risky situations it helps me learn more about myself and um yeah it comes back down to the concept of why i love doing so many different art forms because if you do many different types of art forms what part of yourself so what part of you know Anto, do I bring into every single piece of art that I do, right? A lot of the stuff that I create is very joyful. It's very like trauma driven. It's very like uh, humorous. It's very um, connected with inner child. You know, those are things that are very me, right? So, yeah. but then if you were to create art in different avenues, what stuff rises to the top in everyone? And it's not about judgment of self. Like everybody, like sometimes when I talk about, you know, a lot of this emotional stuff, people are like, oh, that's like really soft stuff. That's like beta shit. Yo, this guy's a fucking pussy, man. Oh yeah, right? That's like the vibe sometimes I get. And that's totally cool. I knew I didn't trust that bun. (laughs) (laughs) Look, this guy talking about his feelings so much, man. I just want to just like drink, you know, (laughs) like that energy. But it's like, I know myself now in that way and I'm grateful for it. But it's like, I always challenge other people to be like, try all these different art forms. You know, that's really, interesting because you see what really comes up to the top of it right like even in stand-up you see in certain people they're very prepared they don't want to like talk to the audience at all they don't right? want to deviate they don't yeah. want to deviate from that because they're and then you see in their regular life they're very planned out people they have like lists of shit they have like schedules in that way so that's just how they approach stuff right so it's so interesting to see how art is such like a a great way to show like who you actually are, you know? And That's beautiful. That. A lot of people don't, a lot of people won't go that route, you know, being like, oh, I'll put myself in this risky situation because I'll learn from it, you know? A lot of people are actually just turned off by the fear. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, the, all those people that didn't take the money to do a mm-hmm. small performance yeah. represent that, you know? Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, fuck that. They probably all had legitimate jobs. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I'm just doing this as a hobby. I don't need the money. Like, yeah. They've convinced yeah. themselves in their head. Really, it was fear, uh-huh. but they convinced themselves like, oh, the money, oh, the money. I have the money. Like, yeah. I'm not doing this for money. This is for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, for all those people to be like, I'm not performing mm-hmm. shows that, right? Mm-hmm. People, it, I was, again, going back to the camping thing, I really thought like, yo, bro, like that many days without reception, like all these things could happen. All, all yeah. Anything could happen in the world and, and people won't be able to get a hold of me. And then it's like, let it happen. Yeah. Let it happen because you can't stop your life to sit next to your phone in case something happens on <laughs> yeah. the other side of the yeah, phone yeah. that you are ready to receive yeah, it. It's like you, sure. your life needs to continue as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also think that that even talking about fear to some people, it feels like they're their ego gets in the way of it. So they're like, you immediately are like, oh, it, it's okay to be scared of something. They're like, I'm not scared. Yeah. Like, oh, no, you know, like, and they really blocked that off with the idea of like even connecting to that fear. And that was the only way that I was able to actually start like seeing the shit that I was really scared of. Like, man, I was like super scared of commitment, you know, like the idea of like being in like a relationship and things like that was super intense at one point because the idea of like seeing some of the, the I guess the pains that my family and like, you know, growing or different like people who have been in relationships going through divorce or all this like Did your parents stuff. go through divorce? No, they didn't. No, but it's just like a very <laughs> No, they didn't think out they yeah. love each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're still they're still together, but, but it's I gotta, like it's it's just an interesting like 
dynamic though, right? And it's like, is that what I'm wanting in my life or not? You know, and it's like a lot of fears come up and like you get overwhelmed with that. And then you don't actually like get to figure out what's making you, stopping you from going on the camping trip, from taking this show. And then then you're just stuck, you know? And it's like you're in the same loop of like doing the same shit over and over again. And, Why do we want that? And like, I don't I don't have too much, um, you know what I mean? Like I don't have too much patience with the, the type of person that will like let fear stop them completely and won't even like humor the conversation, mm-hmm. whether it's internal or external, of being like, what... If you can't do that basic level shit, (laughs) get out of my way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like the fact that you're saying like being like, I'm not afraid. Like, I just realized I don't think I've talked to a guy like that in six years. It's been a long time. I don't have anybody because slowly as you get older, you pick. And COVID has been a blessing for this. COVID has been the reset. Okay, who am I going to actually text? Exactly. Because I don't give a fuck about all these people. But it was kind of like I was still in the momentum of a very old relationship. Yes, yes. And it killed it. Uh And then it's like now I'm coming out of the woodwork. I'm actually hitting up and retethering friendships that are legit, that are healthy, that are of people who evolve, people that I'm like, that's a go-getter. That person has success in their life. I'm rooting for that person. I want them around me and I want to be around them. Exactly. And you also want to- And everybody else is out, bro. I don't have anybody else. (laughs) Bro, fear. Like the only, the only, some of the people I have like that yeah. Our family, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, you, and that's that's there's, how it goes. Nothing you can you do. Can, yeah. exactly. exactly. You just gotta go with it. Yeah, bro. and you just show up at the event. And you're like, cool. All right, that's exactly. Good food. You know? I, I gotta know for uh, as far as like you speak Cantonese, fine. Yeah, I speak Cantonese. So, okay, yeah. thank God. I perform in Cantonese actually. Oh, okay. Not, so I'm, you're killing yeah. it. <laughs> you probably pay your rent with just all the Cantonese backlog of weddings that are about <laughs> yeah, to happen. There's, there, but I also had to return some of these um, people's uh, deposits, deposits yeah, and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, yo, come on, guy. But I do have some that are like backlogged right now that are waiting to happen. You know, like whether this that's, or next summer. Like, that's the shitty side of having uh, a yeah. full pipeline of weddings. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. I had to return the deposit. And I'm like, what do I do with this money? Yeah. Of their, their money, you know, like. But there are have been people who have, have gotten married and they just didn't ask for the deposits back, which I also like. I appreciate too. But it's yeah, like, it's like, hey, it's here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, like, I'm not gonna just, you want yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I need you to explicitly ask for it back, and then yeah, it's yours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but until then, yeah, nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, did did your parents like? Did they push you? Because for me, obviously. Uh, you, you got pushed to learn Cantonese? No, no, no. Imagine, yeah. Yeah, a little Specifically. bit. Specifically. It's actually funny you say that. We'll, we'll go back to that. But I worked at a company that t- had us, gave us Mandarin lessons every Friday. Oh, shit. Once they got bought out by a Chinese <laughs> yeah. company. Yeah. Yo, put on your Mandarin face. Literally, you know? bro, at lunch, yeah. Mandarin every fucking damn, Friday. Damn. Uh, did they push you? Did they want you to go into more of a traditionally technical... Um, were they like <laughs> absolutely? So it wasn't even like we want you to go into a generalized technique. They're like we want you to work for the government. Like it, they both work Maximum for the government. Security. They both yeah. work for the government, and yeah. then both of them were like, "That's the best route because you get a pension, you get security. all that stuff." Then I started working with um, kids and stuff, and I was like, "I know that I want to work with children." And then my my parents were like, "Well, I guess you could be a teacher because then when you retire, you could get a pension." You know, it's all about the pension. Yeah, it was all about the pension. You know, every girl I dated, they were like, "Does she have a pension?" You know, like that. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. imagine it was like that. All right, tell yeah, me. Yeah, it's well funded yeah. <laughs> to that level, but. No, it was really interesting. And then, um, man, it was like this incredible moment probably two years ago. It was 11 years, 11 years after I had um, got fit, like graduated from um, university. Yeah. And uh, so I'd been 
for 11 years, I was telling my mom, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to teacher's college one day. Like, yeah, I'm going to go to teacher's I was just kept telling her 11 years. And she kept being like, oh, okay, yeah. Anto's going to I, teacher's yeah, college. And yeah. she would tell people, oh, he's, he's like uh, going to be a teacher. Or she would tell people I'm a teacher. And I'd be like, no, I'm not. I'm, I work in daycare. I work like um, in recreation. Like, that's just kind of like what I was doing at the time. And I, I enjoyed my life. You know, I had a nice balance between like working with kids and then like doing shows and events and shit like that. Started my own business, all this stuff that I was really happy with. But then I, to my mom, I had to keep being like, yeah, I'm going to go to teacher's college. So two years ago, 2000, actually three years ago, now 2018, I remember that moment. We were in my family's kitchen. My mom was like, you know, fry, um, frying up um, spring rolls. And then she's like, yeah, so um, are you thinking of going back to, like um, next year or like, you know, what's going And then I was just like, had to like, I, I actually like put my head down and I was like, mom, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, you know, um, I'm never going to teacher's college like ever. And she was and she like, dropped a spring maybe roll. one day, maybe one day. She kept yeah. saying, maybe one it's day denial. still, right? Like it's it denial. was in denial, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it absolutely. was like, I was in denial for so many years because I was like, maybe it'll come around. You know, like that idea of like, maybe I'll grow up and yeah. then want that pension. But like the my morals do not align with how teachers are connecting with children. It just, for me, my the way in which I connect with kids is completely differently. It's from a individual, like, catered way to a child it's not a how, curriculum yeah it's yeah. like very much like everybody should have their own style of living like yeah. the families i want to like get to know the fan like so I was, that's why like i started almost immediately after that working as like a as a caregiver i like to call it but people are like manny and i'm like a caregiver they're like you didn't say manny please say like they pair, want me to pair. say yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice i'm an au pair yeah. but they really want me to say manny and then i'm like manny and they're like yeah like they're so excited oh nanny but man yeah, yeah they yeah, just yeah. want to hear a manny say i thought they were saying manny pacquiao like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm from fucking hong kong okay yeah, all right yeah. not <laughs> filipino okay manny is it manny pacquiao yeah. yeah it was just but yeah at that moment i was just i had to tell my mom and then it was just this weird like she was in denial of it you know but at the as time went on like now she knows like you know i'm going into a different like avenue of what i want to do and like you know, I'm going back to school in the fall and stuff, so it's like for this kind of like uh, kind, I'm do I'm going back for expressive art therapy. Jesus so, Christ, yeah. bro! That yeah. sounds like you could bill nicely. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm that's thinking, thinking about thinking, that right? the uh, the billing uh, yeah, rate. Yeah. Expressive art therapist. Ooh, like you just have a kid, they throw paint at a wall, yeah, and you yeah. bill the parents two yeah. G's. They're like, oh, you man. got a Van Gogh here on your hands. Yeah. Well, I say two times a week. You put them in my program. You're looking at a Van Gogh at uh, least, possible Leonardo. Yeah, Vinci. that's so um, expressive art therapy. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it, it's the best way to describe it. It's like uh, art-based psychotherapy. So you take the learnings of what psychotherapy does. You know, like the studying of like all of the way in which like our minds work and the way in which we build relationships and like holding space in that way that like a psychotherapist when you're talking to them would be. But you do it through the arts and you do it through activities in that way. And then you actually like talk through some of like the challenges that people have and things like that. But the reason why I I wanted to do this, and this is going to sound like I'm like, I just want to do this for the greater good of the world. But it really is like the like Asian children, I find, have such a challenge with expressing themselves through words because they're not given those skills at all. Right. So I'm like, yeah, they're given a violin. Yeah. They're <laughs> like, do that. But they, don't, but they don't even get to express through that. That's the thing that I'm so interested in is the idea of how there's these art forms that are given to children. Regimented. But then they're regimented and they're doing it in a way where it's so boxed in. Yeah. What I'm saying, what I want is I want to be able to motivate 
children and parents and parents are going to be around my age right so it's like i'm able to actually have those conversations with them it's like we need children to be able to learn how to express themselves because if not then they're just going to get older and then be just these rigid like boxed, boxed in, boxed in yeah, yeah. and like the people that we were talking about earlier when whenever you talk about something you're fearful of they just run yeah unrealized like, exactly somewhere. and i really don't want that because there's so much healing that needs to be done that even if someone grew up in the supposed perfect concept of an asian family and everything everything is just works to there's so much hidden trauma that they oh. don't have to unpack right? brother and brother like, I went to, <laughs> I have an engineering degree from yes, the University yes. of Waterloo. <laughs> yes, oh okay? my God. 80, yeah, 70% yeah. of my classes, like yes, Chinese, yes. pretty much, you know, and a yeah. lot of my friends are Chinese. Yeah. I know yeah. the life of like, you know, obviously you know better, but like I have a very <laughs> intimate idea of what it's like, the expectations yes. and what it's like to come up as a young mm. Asian boy or girl, mm -hmm. especially being like, uh, being raised to essentially become a doctor mm -hmm. or engineer, you know? What's the word I'm looking for? Where do they, where do they, it's a fucking, where they build you, they raise you for that specifically. Yeah, yeah. It's, I forget it. it. Well, it's actually a really good example is that one of the most revered people like in all of like uh, Chinese culture is um, Yao Ming. Right? So yeah, ironic. Yao Ming, <laughs> yeah. Yao Ming. But like the He's irony, tall as fuck. Well, yeah. the irony of it is that he was actually bred to be a, a basketball player. Both of his parents were actually the centers on the Chinese basket, national basketball team, and they got them to get together. And then actually, they had Yao Ming. They didn't, there was no romantic connection. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, they, they probably got That's them the together. That's the power of China. They right probably there. got them together and were look, like, you look, guys look. should date kind yeah. of thing. I don't know if it was just like, please just insert and yeah, then yeah. we'll have the child. Like, that's not what- They had like, a graph. They're like, look, <laughs> yeah. you're both seven feet tall. Yeah. We really got to break this math down for oh, you. Yeah. We need to be in the Olympics 20 years from now. <laughs> yeah. Here's some condoms. Actually, what am I thinking? Yeah, get, no, get, get, get rid of those. Get, pass those back. Those. Yeah. But, 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 but like the sex. idea of what you just said, it is to a certain extent, like your children are supposed representations of you in that way, right? But- for me, I honestly believe that I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be defying the supposed needs of what my family is. And maybe that's me telling myself that to make myself feel better. But like, I know that within my family, people gave up their, their dreams, like, and they were able to it's like put those place. aside, very common. So if I'm doing this, even if they don't tell me that they're like, wow, this is great that you're doing this, that's totally okay. I remember my dad and I had this one moment was hilarious. He said, Anto, you are the only person I know who does what he wants. And that's all he said. And I was like, is that a compliment? That's, that's, is most, that, that's beautiful. Is that, like, yeah. I was like, yeah, thank does you. Get so better like, than that? But I don't know if if that's a like I, That's in the how moment, many rigid like, Asians your yeah. dad knows. <laughs> yeah. That he knows nobody who's free. I was like, thank you. Like I was like, and I don't know if he was complimenting, but I did like I was really grateful for that because even seeing him as a youth and the way that he like he used to ride a motorcycle hair all along and like just like the type of vibe that he was like you know that's 70s dude like yeah, i feel yeah, like yeah. that's how he was you know and it's like the sacrifices he made to like have a family to me i'm i'm forever grateful in that way right and i could see that like within um the rigidity of like earnings or like having children or things like that those are things that um I could see myself loving being a father at the same time i'm in no hurry in that you know like and i'm so grateful that uh, I could see so much joy in other people achieving those things, but it's not for me. To, I, I really want to set up such a good base, you know, for my my family and like the yeah. people before that. You yeah, know, so. it used to be a big rush. It used to really be like get married, buy the house, have the kids. If you're married together, you pretty much have one year 
especially in the immigrant like yeah. in the immigrant culture you have one year yeah. before you're like what, what are you guys doing yeah all the weddings that i go to yeah. during every speech is like are you pregnant now? Are you yeah. gonna have the kid? Are you yeah. gonna, like it's so like. Hopefully, yeah, have a child. A child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's like every you time, have one year maybe. You know what mm. I mean? And it's like the, there's so much. Like you were talking about dreams. Mo- this is kind of like a, a a vibe that I feel a lot, but mostly among cultures like ethnic cultures, like the immigrant vibe is that dreams are immature. Mm. You know what I mean? Like here in North America, it's like, yeah, have a dream, anything. America, when you're nothing a kid. is possible. When you're a kid, when you're, yeah. When you're yeah. a teen, be anything. When they, yeah. when you're a teen, they have something called a guidance counselor. Yeah. Those are the people who throw, <laughs> who filter your dreams yeah, down yeah. to reality. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to Mars. Yeah. Okay, well, oh, let, let's yeah. look at let's look at some space programs. Yeah, some like, of the space programs actually have a lot of like telescopes, exactly and, like, things, so you can like they, kind of work it into. So maybe you can work at the museum, and you can work as a, you know, like they, they like try, try to, to distill like, it. Yeah, or put yeah. it into the box of society, yes, right? Exactly. But for immigrants, we don't we don't support and 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 we don't encourage the idea of a dream mm. from a young age. Mm-hmm. From a young age, you're told the things that are like valuable to society. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you are going to become one of these things. Yes. I, I, you know absolutely. what I mean? You know what I mean? I've never I've never ran into an immigrant kid mm-hmm. who told me he wanted to be a fireman or an astronaut. Yeah. Ever in my yeah, life. Yeah. A I, fireman I, or an yeah, astronaut sure. is exclusively a white kid <laughs> absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Exclusively, you yeah. know? <laughs> And that's also shows that's how many bad. people how many people actually become firemen and and um, astronauts like that are usually white like that's yeah, actually yeah, like, dude, I, they, I, they were able to follow their dreams. You I've know? Like, never seen an astronaut named and Muhammad's first yeah. step <laughs> on the moon. This is a very down. good it's step for all of us in yeah. Earth. Very good step for everyone on Earth. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. It's immediately shut down shut though, down, right? Yeah. And so interesting that you say that because I also think that it's because. So our my parents both bo- um they went through a lot of hardships growing up like um in Hong Kong and like my mom would always tell me like how she lived in a house that was the size of like our kitchen and there was eight people who lived in it and they could see everyone at all times and they didn't have a washroom but uh, they had to share it with everybody in the build like she would tell me these stories and they were like it showed me that she actually got to get to her dream, to have the family, to support that. And that changed my entire perception of my mom because she dreamed of this and she achieved it. She came to Canada, go to school to get this dream, to achieve that. But that's her dream. That's the springboard that she got to. So I don't want to just do what she did because because they've given you room to dream more exactly that's what i'm saying and if i didn't actually acknowledge that and go for that then i'm actually taking a step back from the trajectory of that but this year i would say and a little bit um you know last year after pandemic and stuff it really showed me the humanity of my parents you know like it showed me that like they're just people who just are doing their best they don't always know the answers, oh, yeah. but they had to pretend like they knew the answers because back then, that if we if any crack, yeah, 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 any crack in the stories of the perfection that was being created would make us as kids like question like authority, authority, everything, authority everything, exactly, everything, exactly. question exactly. everything. Yeah. yeah, and my parents are the same. Where it's like everything they've overcome in getting here has told them that I want to instill in these kids the 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 yearning or like the want to get security. Mm-hmm. All I ever wanted was to get security. That's why yeah. we're here. That's why you guys are here. So I want you to have security. Mm-hmm. So become an engineer, become a doctor, things society always needs, Yeah. right? But 
the explanation of security is lost uh -huh. a long time ago. Yeah. It just becomes you are going to become yeah. an engineer. It just becomes that. Yeah. No one is explaining like, look, you could do a lot of these that's things. That's the thing. No, there's no, that's a, another thing where it's like the new age, like there, there's good ways and bad ways of doing it. Like traditional white culture is really good in the sense of parenting books, mm. getting really advanced yeah, yeah. with like, how do we like, how do we yeah, yeah. stepping, like immigrants don't <laughs> step <laughs> yeah. down and look eye to eye when they talk to yeah, the kids, yeah, you know? Yeah. That's a that's exclusively a white parenting, sure, you know what I mean? Sure. And, I, and I think that's actually better. Of course. I think that's better, right? But there's other scenarios where I think the more traditional immigrant route of parenting is better. Mm. So it's like on us, mm -hmm. our generation, to mesh those into a way that we feel it's Absolutely. it really just comes down to our it's pain. the advice shit that you we were saying earlier. We can listen to all the advice, but then we create the best scenario, the scenario best for you for that exactly. So one thing that you said that I really want to talk about um, is the idea of the time that's taken to explain things. So there's a talking down to children that you wouldn't even understand. Which we would have. We would have understood that if our parents wanted us to actually get and become engineers for the security of that and actually be able to connect. Because, like, my parents would always just say it's for the um, – you'd be able to um, – when you when you uh, retire, pension. you'd be able to get a pension. That's what – they always would talk about that. But there wasn't this, like, joy that they would have of, like, oh, the security of being financially stable makes it so that the the family unit isn't overwhelmed with like debt. Yes. I, I would have I loved to hear that type of stuff, right? I would have loved to understand well, a little picture. bit. And exactly. And piece I never felt piece. like I got that, no, right? It was no, no, like, no, no, no. It, like, there was no, like, like you said, going eye to eye and connecting as like, we're both humans in this moment. It was like, I'm the one who knows the best thing for this yeah. and you're going to make those decisions. But then that's what also I think pushed me to rebel in a certain way because I was like, why am I going to listen to this when you don't even have time to explain this stuff to me? Like, exactly. you don't even have time for me. I'm not being treated like a human at this time. And I was like, yo, fuck this. And then I would just like, are I you the oldest child? Out. No, I'm the second. I'm second. Okay. Yeah, I'm all like, right. I have an older brother. Okay. So that, yeah. are you one of two or one of three? Three. three okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're a middle child. Yeah, middle child. Well, there, so I'm a middle child as well, but I'm one yeah. of six. Oh, shit. Okay? <laughs> and 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 two above me were fucking up so hard. Yeah. At the time, everything's good now. Yeah, okay? yeah. <laughs> two were fucking up so much yeah. that I felt a pressure. You know how at, when you're a kid, you you see things and you create the reality that you see, even though it may not be the actual reality around you, mm -hmm. what you see is reality. Yeah. So when I saw the ones above me not doing what they're supposed to, I felt like I had to, yeah, I had intense. to. And when I grew up, my parents wouldn't say you, my parents would be like, you will be an engineer. Mm -hmm. And if like a, an adult came over and was like, what are you gonna be? My parents would answer for me, be like, yeah. he'll be an engineer. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, it was never like, you should become an engineer. Uh -huh. This It was always like, Bro, if you ask me what I wanted to be when I was 10, I'll yeah. be like mechanical engineer. 10, 10 years old. <laughs> 10 years old, mechanical so engineer. Specific I was bred. Yeah, yeah. All, all the way up yeah, until yeah. I got the degree, I got the job, and was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. This isn't me at all. And the crazy part is you probably at one point in the job, in the everything, you were I didn't like feeling it. like you were that kid again, being like, what have I done with my life? Like, what have I, the you whole know, like, way must have been so through. hard. The like, whole way through, but you know how the mind works. Mm. I was so deep in that, Doing the courses you needed to do engineering, I didn't like them. Mm -hmm. I was just good at them. Yeah. And I equated, I conflated uh, 
competence yes. with enjoyment. Skill with that, like, like the passion. actual passion. Exactly. I'm good at yeah. this, so this yeah. is what I love. Yeah, no, yeah, not true. For sure. All the way in Waterloo, you got to do co-ops, internships. Yeah. I hated them all. Yeah. But I always told myself, <laughs> you're, this is an internship. Yeah, yeah. When you have the degree and a full-time position, yeah, you'll, then it'll be sick. Yeah, you'll find the one that's perfect for you. Exactly. Kind of the stuff. money yeah. will be more. Yeah, yeah. It really was like the money will be more, yeah. and then it'll be sick. Yes, for sure. And then I got the job, mm-hmm. and I got that money, and I got like all of the stuff that will like extinguish these feelings of like contempt towards what you do on a daily basis uh-huh. on the nine to five. Yeah. Got a nice car, got this, 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 this. And then slowly but surely, the novelty wears off on every single Band-Aid mm. that you bought brought yeah. into your life yeah. until you just have an existential crisis of mm. like, oh my God, I'm like, I've cornered myself into this place, this car, this whole lifestyle. You must have looked around and been like, who the fuck are all these people around me? Like, they're so different than who I actually am. Like, that must have been super weird for you. It was, for me, it happened, I was alone. I was alone in Troy, Michigan, right outside Detroit. I had a mechanical, I was a program manager for a mechanical engineering company that made fuel tanks for cars. I bought, I leased a nice BMW, and two years into that lease, I was in debt because I was paying way too much for this lease Uh relative to what I was making, way too much. And I was over on the mileage. You know, lease, you get a limited amount of miles. I was over on them. So I couldn't go anywhere and I had no money. And I was there in Detroit alone and I hated my work. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the fuck have I done (laughs) with my my life? I can't go anywhere. I have no money and I hate what I do. Yeah. What the? And I was 24. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, that's super intense. And then it all just kind of unwind from there for the best. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. For the best. But I want to empower, like, kind of what that's why I'm saying I respect what this. First of all, you're. You're never gonna be able to explain to your mom what the fuck expressive art therapy is. <laughs> yeah. You gotta she just still accept doesn't that. Get, she just yeah, still yeah, doesn't yeah, really yeah. get it. You just she, gotta call it EAT. Um, yeah. Eat. Yeah. Eat. <laughs> expressive art therapy. Oh, Eat. perfect. Stomach. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. oh yeah. It's like yeah, food great. for the mind. Yeah. 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 Like great. you'll never explain that mm-hmm. stuff. But I get that feeling of like that's kind of the reason I started this podcast was because I came up in a very aggressive Muslim household. Mm-hmm. Like my story has been lived a million times over, dude. Mm-hmm. And I never had any voices. No one told me, pulled me aside in high school or anything. I was so like, you know, the way I used to put it is like, you know, the like imagine soldier, the hood. Imagine, soldier, yeah, like ima- imagine the hood, which I, I grew up in kind of like a shitty, you know, subsidized neighborhood. But like everyone, a lot of people are fucked. Any, the, stu- the, the kid who's doing really good getting straight A's, you're never going to ask that kid, yeah, you're getting straight A's, but. What do you really want to be? You don't want to fuck with that kid. That kid's Mm. on a good trajectory. So just leave that kid alone. So that's what happened. People just, no one ever was like, what do you really want to be? No one ever truly challenged if Mm. I want to be an engineer. Because they're like, that kid's on a good path. Don't talk to that kid. Mm. He's got to figure it out. So I went down that path for 10 years until I hit a wall. Whereas like, I created the podcast and I made, like, I made content on YouTube being like, why I left engineering. Mm -hmm. Because I want kids in a similar boat to be like, hey, Take all this in. This is like, just like we're saying, this is all this This is all this is data. Yeah. This is how it played out. I listened to everything I was told. <laughs> yeah. This is how it played out. Just so you know. Yeah. This is how the, the deck turns out. Yes, yes. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. And then whatever decision story, you make, yeah, whatever decision helps. you make, you make. But no one was, there was no podcast. It was not, no one was mm-hmm. having that conversation. Absolutely. So that's what I'm trying to make here. Absolutely. Much. That's really great, man. And I just wanted to take this moment. Um, 
to to just... plug my new podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. expressing my therapy with Anto Chen, <laughs> the immigrant suction. Yeah, uh, you motherfucker, <laughs> we just fight. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to take a moment to like actually give acknowledgement to like my family and like my brother especially. Like he was the oldest, and I think that he always had the expectations on his shoulders. But he was and is a very high achieving person. Like he's just. If you were like, this is what the highest level of people are doing in this way, he could just fucking crush it, right? He's just a, he went to Waterloo, yeah, took yeah. math. Yeah. He's an actuary now. He's making like a shitload of money. Oh, yeah. All that stuff is all coming around for him. But, you know, sometimes we have conflict because we look at the world really differently, oh, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I think that he's given up certain things in his life because he needed to uphold that Chinese background of expectation with my family so that my family can have that acknowledgement in terms of his like structured strong career gotcha, yeah. so that i can be, be free. who i am and be free of this so just wanted to take a moment to That's acknowledge beautiful. that because like just from what you were just sharing right now those two like those two um family members that you had that were older than you um at that time my brother could have been that as well no offense to your yeah, family no, no, members no, no, or whatever like, but it's like my brother could have just been like fuck this and i could just do whatever i want so i want to take a moment to acknowledge that even though you know we have conflict in terms of how we view the world but i don't think that i can be here without my entire family and the way in which that i've learned from them as well as honestly man i feel like my ancestors got my back you know like i watch mulan sometimes and i'm like yo the, you know that the, oh, like the i spirits, just watched like, mulan yeah, spirits yeah, yeah. Coming and shit. you're like, just like I eddie like, murphy yeah you yeah, just like I just eddie love murphy it, love it yeah, Dude, but like that's the, what I feel like I'm supported. <laughs> You'd play a good hun oh, with dude. that face that you just had. <laughs> I just watched that scene. <laughs> that fuck, dude. Yo, that, it's the way they yeah. fucking show those huns in mm. Milan is so fucking dope. But like, I agree with you 100%. If the older siblings at the time were crushing it, became doctors, and I didn't have the and I didn't have that pressure to have to succeed, mm -hmm. I'd be in a totally different place in my life that I don't know mm -hmm. right now. I'm exactly where I want to be. Mm -hmm. Like f I realized it on this camping trip, mm -hmm. having been uh, a student for uh, not even counting high school five years, and then working in corporate for three years after that. Mm -hmm. And in that five years, I was interning. So mm -hmm. years of years of corporate in the vacation game, and, and before mm -hmm. that, I worked at Best Buy. I've, I've I've done the game, the office stuff. I've I've clocked the ten years of whatever mm -hmm. of conventional make your money. Uh, salaried type of work. Mm -hmm. And this camping trip right now, besides me, I went to a little trip right before COVID, but this camping trip right now is the first time where it's like, at the end of the trip, I'm more excited to come back to life than mm -hmm. the trip. Where it's the total opposite. For all those years yeah, that I worked the like, 95, back to the work. end of the trip, oh. you're like, fuck. <laughs> you're always that vibe, yeah, like, yeah. fuck. Uh, like, my buddy, even in the group chat, yeah. like, a lot of them, like, they work for KPMG, Deloitte. Like, a lot of my buddies are, like, like engineers. Yeah. Like, they're killing it. They're doing the thing. Whether they like it or not, that's on them. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. They're my boys, okay? Yeah. But, like, I see the group message, like, F I saw an email. My buddy works at KPMG, right? Like actually, like he doesn't. Do, he does like mergers and acquisitions. Yeah, yeah. He's like, fuck. I, I gotta read like twenty things before a meeting tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm like, thank God, I have a podcast tomorrow. Yes, yes, that's right. I have a podcast <laughs> and I have a show tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm enjoying like the the money I used to make is way higher than like, right now I've set myself to so I need the least. So as long as I make a little money, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. But like, what I actually look forward to what I do, mm -hmm. and I never 
had that before. Yeah. So I don't want to be like, yo, I wish my fucking siblings did A, B, and C because mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd be here right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. And I just wanted to put it out there too. Their security that they have in their jobs, there's only a certain amount that is possible in terms of those jobs. But my mom had like such, she didn't, I don't think this was advice from her, but she said, um, you are either going to be so rich or so, so poor. <laughs> that is the life of an artist. And then she just like floated that's, away into the next. That's room. like an old. That's like, like a Confucius like, saying. It was right? so like beautiful. Yeah. And big shout outs to my mom, you know, for that. And I always look at that moment, and I realize I think I'm both. You know, like I think that I am rich, but in like my in soul, the enjoyment. In the enjoyment, the connections, the people that I'm meeting, like you're dope as fuck. The people I'm surrounding myself with are amazing. I'm inspired every day to like be better. But like, financially, you know, financially, <laughs> I'm so You're so returning poor. deposits so left and so right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like crying. He tried like, to borrow 20 right before <laughs> yeah. he started. Look, bro, I'll give it back. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, but that's the old mentality of like, you will be fucking like, you will be no, your name will be known in the world. Mm. That's the beauty of the internet. The internet has created a middle class for artists mm, yes. and entertainers and things like that. You mm. can now just, you may not be a household name, but you'll pay all your stuff. You'll have the money to travel wherever you want to travel. Mm. You'll live a comfortable life. And what the fuck is wrong with that? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that's, that? That's making your living. Exactly. You know, that's live, and like, that's the thing is, I really think that the, the way in which everybody's been programmed to create their life and like chisel it out in this like way that everybody else has done it before so it's safe, that's what we were talking about at the beginning. It's sometimes the things that scare us the most. It's like, I got to head towards this, you know, like, and that's, to- that's part of it, you know, and obviously having that security and the strength in terms of like safety. Sure. But like not in a way where you're not also able to use that as a springboard to like experience things that you never knew you were going to experience, you know, things that obviously you don't want to get overwhelmed, but you want to push your boundaries, man. You want to like make yourself feel excited about these experiences. Like you going camping, there's a huge metaphor for that. That hat represents like the energy that you had like going into that and coming out of it right like that's... Bro, i just want to go into an rbc i just want to fucking just be like ma'am that's really what it is ma'am ma'am sir sir ma'am you know what i mean going to an rbc yeah can i take a 40 from checking yeah, yeah. insufficient funds okay ma'am can you actually go ma'am like that if it's like mesh on top or does it have to be a full cowboy hat you know? I, like, that's... I think i think it'll, it'll do imagine yeah, okay, uh, yeah. i can actually see your scalp yeah. so technically imagine there's rules you can't yeah. mammy with that hat yeah. i'm sorry yeah. but like i don't it's just i'm i'm very grateful i'm very thankful for where things are in my life mm-hmm. and um but that also helps amplify the things that are great in your life and that you need to continue doing. And it also helps you see the shit that like needs to be put aside. When you're grateful in your life, it amplifies the shit that you're – the path that you're supposed to be doing. You know, like that – that's it illuminates. Whatever, it. Yeah. Yes, that's a beautiful way of looking at it. And it also wanted to really quickly comment, especially because like – I am so inspired by the next generation of youth and kids and shit like that, that when you were talking about the idea of setting them up with your story and sharing your story in that way, I think that that's something, if you were to continuously focus on that aspect of what it is that you're doing in all of your work, especially the stuff that you're doing in your own projects, 
you're you can't go wrong in that because you're not just setting yes you're saying i want to help the next generation but it also is healing a certain part of yourself because that's shit that you wish that you had yeah, right exactly. so that's like giving love to yourself and exactly. being like hey my inner child is like feeling as if when i was growing up i didn't actually have the guidance i didn't have someone that listened to me and that actually was curious what it was that i wanted to do i was literally like created to be this engineer yeah. so that my older siblings like you know that kind of so well it's really it, it's not it's security too but it's social points for the parents that's the fuck mm. that's another yeah, part of the, absolutely, you know yeah. you want nobody is talking shit about the family where all of their kids are surgeons <laughs> yeah exactly nobody's talking one. shit about exactly. that and there's always that family where it's like her brother's a doctor she's a doctor it's like yeah. jesus christ dude what were the expectations like you know what yeah, i mean for sure but no one is talking shit about those yeah, parents yeah but do any of them enjoy fucking you know yeah, like exactly. you know you gotta yeah, like have like yeah. some like layers of your life in that way too no one's like, asking that question yeah, where's the they're all surgeons yeah, yeah. but like are they are they content yeah no one is asking yeah, exactly. fuck you are they content they're surgeons yeah, go by exactly. you know exactly but that's what's so interesting is that i've realized that anybody in any situation can be dissatisfied with their life even if they have supposedly everything no, right no, got, more like, so it's possible more so, yeah. i've learned more so dude mm-hmm. like i've gone to the level of like Six figures. I've seen what six figures is right around mm. me in the office. You know, I've worked in Silicon Valley where everybody around me was. If you make a hundred grand, you're six figures, right? Mm. Everybody's a hundred grand above. Mm-hmm. This is what it looks like. Guess what? It doesn't look any different than when I was working at a job that was uh, 25 an hour and everyone mm. around me was 40, 50 grand. Mm-hmm. It's the same bullshit, dude. Mm. And it's like, if you're not doing what you want, bro, you see it, man, mm-hmm. on every business trip. Mm-hmm. They're deep in the alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you see escapism. what you so much see, escaping. Escapism. They you don't want to be in their life. Yeah. When you commit yourself to the corporate salary structure for decades mm-hmm. and it's paying you money, mm-hmm. but you got to commit a lot of hours to travel mm-hmm. and do what you got to go to like I bro, I used to when I was working there, I worked in China for like mm. A month almost in Suzhou, China. Mm-hmm. I was and I did open mics in Shanghai, oh, yeah. bro. Yeah, <laughs> cool. I know about that life. It's yeah. freaking awesome. I loved it. A lot mm-hmm. of expats. Yeah, so yes. it was all, all in English. Expats. All, I lo- expats, all yeah. Irish, South Africans. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love that shit, right? But like, I saw over there like people who were traveling like this, chronic, like for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I did a video about it where it's like, the longer they spend in that lifestyle, it, be- it you get like new. Uh, grading points almost or or, or new scoring Mm. the new score is like your medallion status for flights your Mm. hotel status Mm. these become like you are medallion this so Mm. I'm going to this lounge yeah you can wait at the gate I'll be at the fucking god lounge at the fucking thing drinking then drinking (laughs) on the flight and then they'll be at the crazy lounge at the Shangri-La because they're jade level Uh drinking so it's like sure you're at the nicest this but it's like it's you're all clearly to unhappy. It's all to yeah. Escape, yeah, you're clearly unhappy. Actually, something happened. Um, so in the fall, so I've been smoking weed longer than I haven't been smoking. Weed. How long have I been alive? Yeah, so it was <laughs> yeah. like I was 16 when I started, and like I um I just turned 35 in October. Yeah, so, but at October end, what? October 9th. Ooh, October 6th. Yay, yeah. Libra. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. I have that sweater. No, oh. okay. <laughs> it's like I'm not even wearing a sweater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what I was gonna say is that like in the fall, um, in the fall, uh, I actually just stopped smoking weed. Um, and it was like 
it was just so natural. It didn't feel like, and it was because a lot of the escapism though that I had uh, paired with weed of why I was smoking weed. And for me, when people are smoking weed, I love it. I'm happy that they're enjoying it and they just, whatever, whatever their experiences is, whatever, honestly, whatever drugs people want to take around me, I don't give a shit. Right. But it's like for myself, I actually took a step back from that because I started realizing the contentment and the love that I had inside of my regular life. I just enjoyed vibrating at that level. You know, I didn't want to dull down any of that stuff. And for me, it just like changed my entire perspective of like, I guess how I was approaching um, consumption in terms of, um, you know, drugs and alcohol and things like that personally. But at the same time, it's like, I enjoy the idea of being able to, it's always sounds so cheesy talking about it that way, but it's like being sober, it just, it connects me to this like level of gratitude and like my life. And I'm just enjoying feeling that way, you know, and I don't need to dull down certain things. And that idea of what I was doing, um, when I, why I was smoking weed before was a lot of it was like, because I didn't want to face a lot of the fears that I had or shit in my life that I'm like, Oh man, I have no money. Well, I need to like smoke weed. So I don't want to think about that shit. Yeah, you know? It's like, right? that's how I was really approaching life. So and it I, just changed recently. And that's been like really, really great. Like, on that note, you know? I just took all of Ramadan off of weed because I was in a similar kind of cycle mm. of like, I didn't, I wasn't, I don't feel like I was necessarily running from anything. It's just when two o'clock came on a day, I'd roll a little joint. Mm-hmm. It was just a habit. Mm-hmm. And like, I would be smoking all the time. And it's like I was still, I was still like I was, um, I was a productive stoner. Mm-hmm. I still got everything I needed to yes, get yes, done. Yeah. But I'd be like, I'd be smoking weed, and I was like, mm-hmm. man, like. And when I tried to not, it would be really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So then, all of that month, I took off just mm-hmm. to be like, can I do this? Yeah. And I succeeded in a month, and it was amazing because it was like, at one point. It switches where it's like, I've been smoking so long, not as long as I haven't clocked the years you've clocked, <laughs> yeah. but I was smoking so long where it's like, at one point, a couple weeks into it, it was like, there's a high of life, a high of sobriety. Absolutely. It's like yeah. a high of like, yeah. cl- clarity. Clarity. That's right? really what You're it like, was. Mm. And presence also. Like, that's really what it feels like. Everything is much more, I'm in the moment because I'm not floating or a know that I'm going to be floating in a certain way or my mind is going to be altered in this way. So at the same time, sometimes I feel high as fuck and also like just in regular life. So, um, but yeah, I definitely think that this last year, so much has changed in that way. And my just certainty in terms of like my path and the way in which I'm like approaching you know, sharing art or one of the things that I've noticed and why I feel so excited about going back to school um, is because I've been able to start mentoring people and like actually like working with them on their poetry or on their, their, their comedy and storytelling and like being able to see how they just need somebody there by their side, letting them know that like, that's good that their story is important to share you know and that like that acknowledgement of like actual presence and like strength inside of it and then showing them that like you know this life that i've lived yes i've spent a lot of years just like hustling in comedy or or other art forms just to like try and make it or whatever it's like all of that doesn't lead to nowhere so we should be committing time and our soul to a certain extent to um these art forms because they give back but you just need to surround yourself with the right people right even in stand up i noticed that there are people who do stand up more of like a drug and there's other oh, people yeah. who do stand up more so like for enlightenment and to excite excitedly share their story and that's that's who i would love to connect with more is people who are sharing their story people who are talking about things that aren't just to be more like it's not about just getting the big the shock flat. value or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, more yeah, so yeah. about like how do I actually I'm trying to get to my true me. self. Like this yeah. is an inner journey. Yeah. I'm doing it on stage. Absolutely. 
like yeah. I gotta admit that probably thirty percent I was that mm. before. Mm-hmm. And 70% like a drug. Yeah. Before yeah. COVID. I'm not even going to lie either. 70%. I definitely feel like it's it was a drug for me as well too. Bro, like I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. I used to be like 20 mics a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 20 mics a week. And there's like, sometimes there's not even 20 mics a yeah, week. Yeah. So I would just be fucking anxious and stressed. <laughs> and then I had to tone it down to, I'd be like 15 mics yeah, a week. Yeah. And now it's like, now it's like, that's not even an option. But now it's like, like yesterday we got back, I knew there was a mic. We got back, me and my girlfriend, we, it was fucking Algonquin Park. It was a three and a half hour drive. We stopped in Barrie to watch mm. Italy versus England. Yeah. And then we got back at 6.30. I took a shower at seven o'clock. And I'm like, I want to go do a mic. And it's like at 7.30. So I have to leave right, right now. now. And I just got out of the shower of like, a, and, and, and I was on route for like six hours, right? And I looked at it, I was like, do I really want to run out the door the minute that mm. I've things have settled and my bag is still packed. I haven't yeah. even unpacked the bag. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, do I really need to be running out like this or can mm. I just take the day to mm. unpack and like decompress from this yeah, whole trip? absolutely. And it was the best move because I finally, <laughs> bro, I fought, we did it. I was like, fuck going out. Let's just hang out. Yeah. I watched Captain Phillips, which <laughs> yeah. I've been avoiding watching yeah. for years. For yeah, s- yeah. You ever just make a, 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 a a first impression judgment was so long ago too. Have you ever just made a judgment call on a movie like that's not going to be good and yeah. you stick to it uh-huh. even though people are like that's yeah, a good ne- movie bro. Like, no, 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 yeah, exactly. You yeah. never see it. You're like no, no, no. That one's not, I don't yeah, want to get yeah. it. It's not going to be good. Yeah. I did that to Captain Phillips years ago. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know why. My movie split for M Night Shyamalan. Like I don't I haven't even seen that. Yeah, me neither. So. There you go. But I, I still tell it. people yeah. it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> bro, I bro, I did you have you seen Captain Phillips? Oh uh, yeah, I saw it. It's good. Great. It was really good. It's yeah. great. <laughs> And I'm like that Somalian guy. Is he? I, I, I'm like, has that guy been in movies since? Yeah, because like think he so. killed that role. Yeah. Everything gonna be okay. <laughs> relax, relax, Irish. Everything gonna be okay. Hey, where you? Nigamu serpent like a little Somali there, but that was a fucking good movie, man. Yeah, it that's was really good. good. But it, I, I honestly think that's the best. Like, honestly, low. Okay, if you're continuously talking about finding your voice, for me, I didn't find my voice until I truly got to know myself outside of the stage. The stage shows you things like it's like shows you things into the future to a certain extent and pieces of yourself and where you can't get to. But to do the work that you need to do, it has to be off stage. That's why you see certain comedians who start when they're 45 years old and then they get on stage in like two years. They found they're their killing. voice. Yeah, they yeah, just yeah. fucking crush it because they've lived. because they exactly. But not only live, they've done the work to actually get to know themselves enough that they're like, man, like I truly get me. And now I can just bring that into my art form and what it is I'm creating. So at the end of the day and at the end of everything, like it always comes back to self self, like in that way. It's about what it, the journey that you've had in understanding yourself and the more that you do that, the better you can connect to all the art forms that you have there and the better that you could actually contribute to the communities that you're a part of, right? So all of the people that are around you or that you're connecting to, it always comes back to you taking time for yourself, whether that's writing shit. Um, that's why... I honestly believe that comedy is such a great outlet for people because it forces you to write in a book, which is journaling, which is actually one of the most powerful things is to write your emotions or write your experiences into the journal to acknowledge your existence, to acknowledge like your feelings and that they're valid. That there's, I don't know if there's anything and I've discovered. Them to look back at. Exactly. Yeah. I journaled almost every day in COVID. Yeah. I don't like, know I, if I've ever found anything more powerful than journaling and writing uh, um, in a book. Like there's, I don't know if there's anything like. I love it. And, yeah. and every now and then I'll go like a week or two. With a, now it's like I'm bad, but because 
COVID was such a shock to the system mm-hmm. that I was like, I journaled every day, every morning. Mm-hmm. It was the first thing I did. Yeah, that's one of the so best I times to do it. A year. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right oh, I read it because I was like, you have yeah. all your creativity. I journal, journal my yeah. goals. My dreams, what happened yesterday, yeah, and yeah. then I have all my creativity, and I take that Absolutely. momentum. How long have you been with your uh, girlfriend, by the way? Uh, two years this October. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, Has yeah. she seen a shift in you after COVID and everything? Like, have you guys? We pretty much like really. We met October before COVID. Oh shit! Yeah. So COVID was like it incubated. I feel yeah. like I've known her for like yeah. way more years. <laughs> yeah. We inc- yeah, we, we yeah. like quarantined together yeah. and everything. Like, yeah. so I feel like I've known her for a long, long time. Hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it just things seems are better like that. That's what I was going to say. It seems like things are like really going well in that. Like yeah. not to jinx it or anything. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But we're moving in together <laughs> oh, yeah, this yeah. week. So yeah, let's so fucking let's hope. Hope. Yeah. But mm-hmm. on that note of what you're saying about like finding your voice, mm-hmm. that's the biggest part of why I don't regret having done engineering. I don't mm-hmm. regret having Absolutely. failed in that's that such path. A huge, that's such a huge part of like your essence, man. Like when I talk to you about this stuff, it's so ingrained in your strength of like you – overcoming something like that and taking that step away for yourself and for your life. That's so much of your power. And it, was, and it wasn't like it was designed by design or anything like that. Mm. It was just kind of like the the cards I was dealt and I just played with them how I felt. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I went down the path I was sold. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out for me. Mm-hmm. I did some soul searching and I ended up in standup. But when I ended up in standup, I saw all these kids and no shit to them because there's some funny killers out there. But there's a lot of kids who started at 18 mm-hmm. and they're just kind of like mom doesn't fucking this and that you know what i mean it's like and they may have funny bits but i'm like damn yo i like i worked in china as a black guy i was a mm. fucking manager in china yeah, yeah you know how weird it is to be a manager in china be the only black guy and be a manager <laughs> yeah. that's weird it was uh-huh. a weird experience yeah, it was interesting but i've mm. like lived i'm like damn i fucking done a lot and i don't have the I don't have the comedic prowess and the and the power yet to really be able to like capitalize on my experiences. That's the best part. I have so many stories, mm. so many experiences Maybe it, that I don't even know how to go about well, this tackling is on stage. This right now. So let's just take a step back from like that concept of tackling it on in stand up. Because I think that that's the challenge that you're facing is because stand-up isn't for all of these stories. Because stand-up doesn't have the patience that other avenues of art forms and creation does. So even you doing this podcast right now, you've taken that step already to be able to share these types of stories. To be able to connect with other people who've experienced certain things. But there's other art forms that would really nurture what it is that you're talking about. Whether that's, um, I would say, storytelling I was going to say. part of that, right? So I love storytelling. Storytelling changed my life in terms of how I share in uh, stand-up as well as poetry also because so storytelling helps you see that the details is like so much of what matters in terms of and you need to have time to let things breathe so that the experience is re-experienced by the audience in stand-up it's about the punchlines it's about the skillful it's it's about about the technicality and brevity brevity. exactly and storytelling isn't the opposite about about yeah being in that and sitting in it and experience re-experiencing it right whereas poetry it's asking you to dig deep into like the pains and the experiences that you had and when you were overwhelmed you had nowhere else to turn except poetry except journaling those types of things so the avenues in which that you're choosing and where you want to like unpack certain ones of these experiences it's just about finding that and even if you just do it on your own it helps you actually become more full comedian it helps you become more um full in terms of your creation and what it is that you do on stage so that's something that i would suggest definitely like explore and what that looks like and even the journaling aspect is totally valuable i love journaling yeah i love journaling and i Mm -hmm. and and i and i feel it every now and Mm -hmm. then i'm like 
oh, I, I haven't journaled in a while. Yeah. <laughs> and I need to journal right for now. For sure. There's for like, sure. it's bent up. Like, I'm yeah. so used to like that release Absolutely, of yeah. like thought, of like just dropping it, saving yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. That now when I go a week, even today, I was so rushed catching up with uh-huh. this last week and this weekend. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I really got to journal. I had no time. <laughs> I was like, journal, I really need to exercise. So I went on a bike. That's why I biked yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I got to be active Absolutely. before I do this podcast. For so sure. I'm just going to be all over the place. Mm-hmm. But with storytelling, it's funny you say that because when I first moved to the city and had no cachet as a comedian, you know what I mean? I mm. just moved back from the States. I just moved to Toronto. I'm like an open micer. No one knows who I am. No one gives a fuck, you know? Mm. Still nobody really gives a fuck. <laughs> but at least I got like a podcast now. Yeah, right? yeah. Kind of like a, a thing popping up. No, a little bit. It's but great, like, man. At the time, nobody gave a fuck. Nobody and 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 besides open mics, I couldn't get on stage mm-hmm. except random little things that nobody would do. And there was a show I forget the guy's name, but he ran a storytelling show. <clears throat> excuse me, he ran a storytelling show at Free Times Cafe, mm-hmm. which I would later run a stand-up show at. Is it Adrian? Adrian Sawyer. Adrian Sawyer. That's right. No, 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 no Adrian, not Sawyer. He had a show a, in the a, yeah a, other Adrian. Adrian, Adrian something. Yeah. He had a bang in at Free Times Cafe. It was a really good show, yeah. and it would it was be monthly. Packed. It was a monthly. It was yeah. a monthly, yeah. and it'd be like old white people and like yeah. in the audience. <laughs> like, but he was like, I would hit him up because he would he would be like on the forums, uh, T Suck or whatever, yeah, yeah. Toronto stand up. He'd be like, oh, you know, booking, and I'd be like, uh-huh. I'd be like on those uh-huh. waiting for updates. I'd be like, spot, spot, <laughs> yeah. at everything because yeah. I had, I was no one. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? For sure. And I remember doing his show two or three times and just being shocked because i would always because i have like a lot of stories mm-hmm. and i like you would crush those i'm oh, sure cru- and i and it was and i didn't go in i went in just to do stage time yeah and it was the the most natural i ever was and the laughs were so much more that's legitimate. what i'm saying man that's what and I'm it's saying. like and the laughs weren't as like regular as like regular stage because it's not yeah. the same thing yeah but i you'd get 10 or 15 minutes and i would do one story exactly. in that time yes. and go all the yes. way in and you clearly have a knack, um, knack for storytelling even just on this podcast today you shared some stories they're very vivid right so that's why i think there's a lot of comedians that um may look down upon um exploring others especially the spoken word arts in that but they're all so similar and they give you different um they scratch different itches in terms of performance right so i definitely that's storytelling and stand-up just like, overlap oh like yeah amazing. for sure I, for sure I, like, but some stand-ups would can't do storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't. They can't do it. Because, because they're the they're the side of like, they're that other side that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're not there to share. Yeah, They're yeah. just there to fucking get a thing. Yes, it's yes, almost like yes. they want to tickle you. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. It's not the same thing. But I was always shocked. I, I remember the first one. I was like, fuck, they're not going to laugh. It's just mm-hmm. a story? Fuck. Mm-hmm. I, okay. Mm-hmm. He goes, no material, a story. Mm-hmm. And it was just the way it went. It made me think differently. Absolutely. Like, I used to just be exclusively like observations. Yeah, before yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Here's a funny thing I uh-huh. noticed. Uh-huh. Yo, I saw this the other day. Uh-huh. Like these were all my bits. Mm-hmm. And then after doing that shit, I'm like, yo, there's fucking comedy. This, this made there. me feel fucking weird, or like this this experience was really messed up. You know, like then you start sharing more about yourself, right? And that's the thing is that if you're creating and you're not self-discovery is not a huge part of that. I think that there's a stagnancy to it. You end up being caught into the same loop of creating the same things and you'll meet some performers who have been doing the exact same things for many years is because it's not about self-discovery. It's not about growth. It's not about um, connecting to their true self. And that's okay too. There's all different types of performance and everybody can choose whatever they want. But that's the stuff that really resonates with me. When someone goes up there and they're just like, 
so emotional and they're just going through it and like they're they're really trying to figure it out themselves and like there's such a beauty to that right and there's such like it's like watching um a painter work to a certain extent in that way because a lot of times you're just learning like um what moves you even in these stories and what captures your attention and when you're sharing a story because there's so much breathing room random details pop back up up. and you're like oh shit oh shit i don't remember that that's amazing the memory's amazing memory's amazing in that way for sure for sure like it's and now i'm like on an agenda specifically Mm. where it's like now that when stages have come back this last month that things are allowed and i'm writing again Mm -hmm. like for stand-up yeah now I have like an agenda of like if I see something funny, I don't like I'll make I'll make a note of it, but I'm only there to write about like what Burr and these people recommend is lo- write what you love, mm-hmm. fear and hate. Yes, I love that. Those so are it's great. like I only I go within myself. It's yeah. it's for the sake of self discovery and nothing else. Uh-huh. Like if I see a funny thing, yeah. it may pop up on the stage, yeah. but really like in this process of trying to find a place, I realize yeah. like. I'm so nice. I want to be liked so bad. Yeah, and I'm yeah. tackling that on stage. Yeah, that's like, why, really funny. Why yeah. is it every place I go, they could be like, the windows don't seal. Yeah. I'm like, it's a breeze. Oh, it's great. Everyone yeah. loves a breeze. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, why do sure. I need to make the agent feel like this could be the place? Exactly. What is this? And it's clearly dangerous. It's at the worst health. place. Yeah, yeah. Why is it? I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. We can work with this. We and my girlfriend's like, yeah, probably not. And I'm like, well, <laughs> honey, we'll talk. We'll talk it over. It's a possibility. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, what is that yeah. thing? You know? it, it's it's the people pleasing aspect. Of exactly. It. And like, and the thing is, what I noticed too is that the people I respect most on stand-up stages are the people who aren't there just to people please. They're there because this actually brings them true joy to like share themselves and like hopefully that impo- like empowers people in the audience to actually discover that themselves. Sure, but they don't always care about that for these comedians. Like they really are. Um, part of that self-discovery in that way which i love right so for me like man this is all about that like i wouldn't do stand-up anymore if i didn't feel like i was able to scratch that like this is the stuff that makes me laugh a lot or the silly shit that i do and like that to me is like a huge part of what i still love about stand-up and i love about like creating in that um one thing though i i think i would also suggest to you and i don't know how this is always a weird Quit, word. Maybe <laughs> I was gonna say. Don't like, say the expressive art therapy. About, Don't no, say it. one. Uh, the the one person shows. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Oh, but a one person show. I tried the fringe with, so, with the different idea. But the fringe is definitely a great. So I did two fringes. I did um, one called Shed Talks, and that was in the Toronto. Um, it was literally in a shed, in a shed yeah. and it was like there are five seats in front of me, but I got up to like twelve people in one in one show. People sitting on the ground. <laughs> That's and pre-COVID shit. shed capacity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you hey, you don't let that many people in a shed anymore. Not at all. And it was the only place that had an air conditioning and like in the entire um, uh, drinking village area of the the fringe. So like people were like, do I hear an air conditioner? I'm like, yeah, yeah, come in for the show, you know, and pay whatever you want, whatever. But um, I did that one and then I did Montreal Fringe and that one was called Love So Far. And for me, that was when I started realizing that I deserve to actually be loved. I know that sounds such like a... um, emotional thing and that but it was so important because i actually went through all of my um romantic relationships which is where i put way too much weight of like my acceptance of self into these relationships and then i discovered like how important it was to like go in and like this but like it was comedic it was storytelling it was poetry it was like a mix of everything but like whatever um came to me in those moments um a lot of times i had like a framework of what the show was but i 
improved a good amount of it going into the next things or saying certain things of like that yeah, night or whatever. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, from it the strength of that standard. regiment. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what was so beautiful is like the strength that you have in the art forms in which that you've already created. Even just the naturalness of speaking on on this podcast right now, you could bring that into your one person show. Is right? it an hour show? Uh, mine was an hour and a half, but that's the max usually. Yeah. So but it's usually uh, an hour, hour and a half. Usually an hour, an hour yeah. and a half. Exactly. But what I would suggest for you is that you would do even three sections, and you can even do one section is stories. And then the second section is going to be the stand-up. And then the third section is going to be the podcast. And in the podcast, you could actually either bring in a, uh, a guest or you just don't have the guest, but you record your podcast on there. So then it gives a flavor in terms of like your wholeness of your life in that way. And yeah. with phase three starting off this Friday, brother, Yeah, everything is coming back. Mm-hmm. Phase yeah. three this live Friday? podcasting would be fucking dope at this I time. I want a live right? podcast. Like, that'd be a, so I want to do a live version yeah. of this podcast. That would be really cool. So yeah, with like 20, 30 people watching. Yeah, I love and do, that. Do like, not, not the one man show style, uh-huh. which I made. That uh-huh. is something down the road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm talking about like an actual full podcast, 20, 30 people. Uh-huh. Something down the road I'd love to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could even have audience members ask questions and shit. Exactly. And like, add, like, that, yeah. it, would, it would have to be interactive. Yeah. Imagine it was <laughs> not like, shut up. So anyways... Traffic, right? Yeah. Like, like you'd have to be interactive. Absolutely, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm so happy that phase three is kicked in this July, bro. Like now, it's like it just feels like the other day I was out. It felt like that, man. I went to the beach with my friends, and yeah. like we were downtown Queen Street, and I like just three or four times I was looking, and I was like, man, everybody just looks and feels so fucking beautiful right now. Everybody was just like, felt like it was Auras. like a new, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Or, it was just such good vibe because everybody was so happy to be out. The sun was like like perfectly shining like it was just like exactly what it needed to be calgary right now no masks required yeah crazy that's it (laughs) we're at the tail end of it the states have been it for a couple months yeah we fucking are emerging now man Mm -hmm. and it's fucking i'm so excited to just get things back to normal and and find out what the new groove is Mm. that's what it is i think it's gonna be a new groove more so than going back yeah i don't think that it's gonna go back to what it was previously i think that there's gonna be a much more like celebration of like businesses and things people are gonna want to tip more buy a lot more shit people want a lot more more. places are gonna have live music and And live entertainment entertainment for sure a lot more a lot more too yeah yeah I and agree. see how many patios we have. We would have never <laughs> built this many patios. So in this many city. patios. Every, yeah. It looks like Montreal. Here, yeah, right? yeah. It's crazy. So many. So patios. many. And then there's also those sketchy ones that are literally like two cinder blocks. <laughs> and then it's just like, come to our patio. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, did you steal yeah. that? Yeah. Like that park bench? Yeah. Like, where did, where did you get this from? Or you like, dri- I was driving on Saint Clair, and there's like a hundred people in the right lane. Yeah, where where people park <laughs> yeah, usually yeah. watching UEFA. Oh my god. Yes. And there's yes. just like a plastic pylon oh I'm my like god. oh my god i could just go to the right and <laughs> yeah, kill 30 yeah, people that easily so it'll be a massacre <laughs> yeah that's oh, so crazy fuck, dude yeah but yo uh it's been a pleasure man let's yeah. land this podcast Love it. yo yeah this tell the people so where to good. find you uh instagram anto punfu a-n-t-o-p-u-n-f-u uh and then um one of the things uh, my website as well antochan.com check that shit out and uh, yeah i really am wanting to just like bring people into like loving arts, you know? I, I just miss like um, when I was a kid to not be able to have that. So I wanna be able to like provide that type of space for people if you're not feeling inspired, you wanna connect to like poetry, storytelling or comedy, like I'm the person to call, man. I'll be like personal hype man. That's what it's all about, you Yo, know? Or, so, or yeah. if you're looking for a Cantonese MC for your <laughs> yes, wedding. Yes, yes, Cantonese MC. Or any MC, MC yeah. purposes. 
Yeah, art stuff, anything to do with arts, just contact me. I, I, I love it so much. I have so many friends who are in this avenue too. And like, I can just like recommend you the right people. And like, I'll never take on projects that like, I'm not the expert for it. You know, I know that there's a lot of people who do that. They're like, yeah, yeah, I could do that. I, I can figure this. it I out for this. you. I got it. But yeah, like, yeah. I'm not that guy. Sistine so. Chapel, I yeah, got this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> yeah, but I, honestly, I appreciate this so much. One of the things that I, I really noticed was like, even though our families were completely different in a certain way, the immigrant experience just like oh, there's so many similarities, man. And it's like it's amazing Overlap, to like be, be able to. But a lot of it, I think, comes from fear and just hold like making sure that the kids are taken care of and that type of energy. So it's up to us to kind of like change that shit and make it so that like, you know, the next generation doesn't have to live in that type of fear because we went through that. and We know it doesn't work, you know, <laughs> like in that for in that us, way, you know for what us, I mean? Like, for a yeah. lot of people, I don't know if if they're honest, you know, there's a lot of I say this engineering is not bad i've met a lot of engineers who are fucking passionate yes. about engineering yeah. i'm like these are the people who change the world and create and yes. build things these somehow we need to make, get more of this type of person in this yeah, field yeah. because half of you just thought you had to be here and are now just timing <laughs> yeah. i'm just waiting on the clock for, yeah. for your and that's timing. a lot of money that's yeah, getting yeah, yeah. paid in that you know and and somebody i uh, recently posted some shit about like how why are we working like 40 years like committed in this job for 10 years of being old and and like you know enjoying make any good sense. pay and that's like who, why are we doing that you know so yeah i think the the passion aspect is really important and just being able to like you know, bring people into the mindset that it's like, yo, you just got to enjoy your life too, man. You got to love what you're doing and be passionate about that Bro, shit. I get DMs so. from Arabs being like, how did you leave engineering? <laughs> Salma told me to message you. You said you love to convince people to leave engineering. I'm like, what? No, not you're even. You're the guy now. You're I'm the, like, you're I'm the, like, I'm not a life Anti-family. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, leave engineering. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, to a certain no, extent, no. man. Like, Live I your own it. life. Yeah, exactly. You know, whatever. If it feels wrong, stop doing it and do something new. Like, I'm not a life coach but it's like everyone knows deep down what they have to do mm -hmm. like they may not know like i need to sing or i need to do this thing mm -hmm. but they know that they do not like the thing they're doing mm -hmm. and a lot of people just go yeah but and then they're gonna do that's my degree yeah and then they're fearful of taking that shift to the next side of like because they're like well what if this is way the worse yeah what, yeah there's an abyssness to it there for sure and it's like between. whoa what are we gonna be doing yeah. and that in and that's between, scary but that in between is where you learn, you learn. most about this yeah. yourself you know in that way so but but people yes. just see bankruptcy in between they, yeah. <laughs> they don't see self yeah well they didn't they don't see, see yeah. cerb yeah. and crb exactly that's that's this was the time to do it if you didn't leave during covid you gotta wait for the next fucking yeah pandemic yeah exactly but yo as always this guy's info will be in the description and to all his stuff uh website instagram so you don't have to remember it. it'll all be there from my end if you want to support the show directly or check out bonus episodes check out patreon.com slash the immigrant section mm -hmm. get on that otherwise if you haven't already click subscribe and follow please do that now but until one next time, thing. one last thing. Uh, I run a monthly show, uh, Free Flow Showcase. So if anybody out there is wanting it, there's an open mic on it as well as we book artists. And uh, we're coming back live in August. Hell yeah. Um, so, get yeah, me on that. Yeah, I'll yeah. definitely get you on. I got spots for you, That's man. I got boy. spots for you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, let's do yo. it. <laughs> yo, until next time, y'all been the best. Hey, peace. peace. <laughs>